And right. I'm Dana. I've, I've been subtly in the background of the emails. Okay. Yeah, he's been reading the emails and not letting me know that they're there. I did and so the once. ones that I didn't I did answer once. until like four days later, it's because he didn't tell me there was an email. Because well, I thought she had already read them. I was like, okay, cool. And then I, and then all of a sudden I get a message. I'm like, did you, did you read an email? I was like, Maybe. <laughs> it's fine if you open it, but you need to let me know that it's there if you're not going to be the one answering it. I mean, that's the way to do it. Just subtly lurk in the background. <laughs> yeah, he has the fun job. Friends, Future Jenna here, just jumping in, as always, with our trigger warnings for the book we will be discussing in today's episode. Those main trigger warnings will include discussion of sexual assault, including victims telling their stories, car accidents, and underage drinking. And I will say as well that this book does include a lot of discussion on the boys will be boys culture. And while the book and some of the main characters are working to bring attention to it and fight against it. It is a big part of the storyline, so just keep that in mind. And with that, let's jump on into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to our book club style podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dana. And I'm Jenna. Two high school friends reconnecting for the joys of reading. Now, our tastes and opinions may differ when it comes to a good read, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes we just might be on the same page. Now let's find out if we are. Yes, welcome back, and welcome to our book discussion for the month of November. You'll probably remember from our uh, episode on the 15th, we are discussing the bro code today. Uh, But first, Dana has a quick announcement. (laughs) Yep, quick announcement. We are officially now going to uh, weekly episodes for the month of December. We already have two books chosen, which means in between we'll have two check-in episodes. Sort of. We'll have a check-in episode, and then we'll have a... uh, monthly discussion of some sort yeah and then we're posting those we decided on friday we're posting and then we record dana (laughs) i don't remember what we said Dana. (laughs) (laughs) yes we will be posting on friday same time they'll be posted at noon dana's Mm -hmm. time Uh, so west coast but going up every friday yeah so we get you more reads more discussions it's gonna be a lot of fun excited for those Christmas holiday reads. But first, like I said, we are discussing The Bro Code today. If you don't remember, it is The Bro Code. Author is Elizabeth Siebert, uh, published through Wattpad Books just this year in 2020, and it is 301 pages. Looks like this. You can see I finished it last (laughs) night, so I still have my bookmark in it. And very exciting. We have Elizabeth here. If you want to jump Hi, on everyone. in. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about bros and books and anything <laughs> else that comes up. There's plenty of rambling about other topics, I guarantee. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> we are very excited, but before we do jump into that discussion, Dana, do you want to start us off with what you are drinking? Yeah, uh, I am... We're we're kind of skipping out on the alcohol today, kind of keeping it's it. Early, calm y'all. It's early, y'all. It's very <laughs> early today, um, and so I have. It smelt like grapefruit, but it is raspberry peach lemonade. That so, sounds so good. Very refreshing. It's it's a little tart, but it's it's gonna wake me up for today. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, do you, you want to go next? Sure. I have an M M&M and M cup. 
from Eminem World. That is so cute. And it is, I had to look this up so I could get it actually. Um, okay, cranberry blood orange tea. Ooh. And it's fair trade, which is exciting <laughs> from the Republic of Tea. Nice. That sounds I'm not delicious. a sponsor, but yeah, I like them a lot. <laughs> fair trade tea, if you're out there, please sponsor us. Uh, I also have tea, sort of. Uh, so I made my husband go to Starbucks this morning, so I have a fun little Christmas cup. I have a uh, chai tea latte with coconut milk and peppermint because I always want to get the holiday flavors and I want the peppermint latte and all that, but I just, I'm not a coffee person. And I just found out during PSL season that it's so good putting the flavors in chai tea (laughs) instead. Wait, that's a good secret. I didn't know that. (laughs) I was so excited, but also so mad at myself that I never tried it before now. Oh my gosh, I'm mad at myself. Yeah, I didn't know you could add flavors to the chai tea. <laughs> and neither. Wow. It's so good. It lends itself so nicely to it. PSL was like, it was the perfect flavor for a chai tea because they're mm-hmm. most of the same spices anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's good with peppermint too. Can recommend. Okay, yeah, I didn't know they had the, the cups out yet either, so yeah. good things at Starbucks, I guess. <laughs> One it's of my girlfriends. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? <gasps> the same page sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> I would be so caffeinated. Um, oh, God. One of my girlfriends, <laughs> the red cup day when it switches to Christmas cups always falls on her birthday, and so we always go and get Christmas coffee on her birthday to celebrate her. It's <laughs> so fun. Yeah, it's fun. Well, sir, do you want to go ahead and start us off with the discussion? Yeah. So, as we normally do, do we still want to go with a quick little read of the backflap to remind everyone? Yes, thank you. I, I'm usually the person (laughs) keeping him uh, on track with the layout, but look at you calling me out. (laughs) All right, quick little read of the back. As a certified stand-up bro, Nick McGuire knows that some things in life are sacred. Do not skip ab workouts, never back down from spicy foods, and always accept the outcome of rock, paper, scissors. For these are the revered doctrines of the bro code, rules of conduct that have been passed down through the ages from bro to bro. Heading into his senior year, Cassidy High's star soccer player has his priorities straight and intends to spend his time playing sports, hanging out, and living by the code. But when his best bro Carter's sister Eliza returns from studying overseas, the awkward academic girl Nick remembers is different. Carter might be Nick's bro, but Eliza becomes his whole world, and he has to make a choice between them. Is being with the girl of your dreams worth breaking the most important rule? Never date your best friend's sister? Somehow Nick never expected that uh, that following the bro code may have even bigger consequences than breaking it. Is that so <laughs> weird, just watching someone read the back of your book to you? Yeah, I don't think anyone's read that to me before. <laughs> I saw your face when he started, and you were like, oh. This is, like, this is awesome. That I can break the mold. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Good job. <laughs> Glad we have uh, a recording of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> feel, feel free. Uh, but yeah, so we have here uh, an awesome YA rom-com that... Uh, mm-hmm. I think keeping in with the theme, we're always trying to read different books. We're always trying to have something different each month. But when we have this the opportunity... This was our first YA read for yeah. that. Oh, wow. Okay. I love uh, YA. I read it as much as I can, basically. Uh, but this was our first one for the podcast, which was really fun. Awesome. 
Thank yeah, it's you. Majority, <laughs> a majority of I read too, but as um, as we've discussed on previous episodes, I'm not the biggest romance guy. At least I wasn't until our second read. I made and him so... read the Bromance Book Club, and he ate it up basically. <laughs> and so I'm just slowly turning him into a romance reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so as as soon as I started this one, I was hooked, and I was just very, very enjoying uh, the story that was here because with the way it is written, I just fully felt like I was being brought back to high school. I, I was getting flashbacks of, of hanging out with people, of people I knew. I could, see, <laughs> I could see people I hung out with within some of these characters. And yeah. so, you mentioned that in the check-in episode, and all I could yeah. think of was, oh God, no one flashback to high school me ever, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are high school friends, right? We are, yes. yeah. We actually, fun fact, we went to prom together. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. A, yeah, uh, crazy nights. And yeah, yeah weird and, times. <laughs> but yeah, and so I just, I really felt that the tone for this book hit it right on the mark of being what I remembered about high school or even sometimes being what I think other people told me about their high school experiences. And so one of was, my favorite things in that respect was all of the anxiety surrounding the college applications and yes. <laughs> and the tryout and everything. <laughs> I My husband is in the middle of LSATs and applications for law school right now. And so that was a little too close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there reading it like, oh my God, no, I remember. <laughs> yeah, but so why we chose the book uh, essentially was because we had the opportunity to interview Elizabeth. The opportunity came up and we thought that would just be great, especially early on in our podcast. We were like, that's something we'd probably like to keep doing is eventually interview authors and read their reads and so when we it came up we just we jumped at the opportunity and of course you know something to like we said first YA on the podcast another romance to open up my view of reading and so it was just it kind of checked a lot of boxes and then I'm glad we picked it you too thank you (laughs) sounds great and then so with that Jenna on the next list, uh, overall, did we enjoy it? Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I've been going already <laughs> going into it. <laughs> no, I, I, will say, I will say that, yeah, it was just so cute. And I don't use that word a lot when I think of a book. It's just, it was adorable. I just, as soon as it started, <laughs> I, like, I'm reading Nick and I'm like, oh, I knew Nick. I feel like sometimes I was oh, Nick and I, I, don't I don't like that. Yeah. And then so, and then. Uh, and then when, as soon as Elizabeth just comes into the picture, the, it clicked for me. And I just feel like the subtlety of his liking her because he, he clearly states the rules, you know, you can't like your, your best friend's sister. He's constantly talking about it in that beginning, but every little, you know, mental thought he had, I'm like, dude, stop lying to yourself. Come on. It's there. It's, it's, it's there. Just say <laughs> hi, go talk to her. Who are you trying something. to fool? <laughs> and so, uh, and it, and it made me. And it made me think of, you know, first crushes. It's always, it's always cute. And, and the, the anxiety and the energy that was built into Nick of this, you know, he, he talk he acts normally around her, but knows that he's also slyly doing the flirting he's not supposed to be doing. And just every little thought that came to his mind, it just felt real. It made me think of just, you know, the first time I liked a girl, it was just like, oh my God, just look away. Just, you can't make eye contact. You're just kidding. <laughs> and so the... I just the tone, the the overarching story, um, because it's not, you know, as cliched as I thought going into it. You know, the, this this story has been kind of done before in rom com movies and other stuff, but I just liked how it wasn't him battling for it. It was just kind of just 
you you could feel that these two liked each other, even though from the perspective of Nick, you know, I, I didn't expect the book was going to be from his point of view, that just following him and his, you know, realizing, okay, maybe I have to accept the reality that I'm, I, I, I like my best friend's sister and stuff like that. It just, it flowed really well. It, it, every story beat, it fell into it nicely. Nothing felt forced, nothing felt rushed. It, it all worked out well. And that even when it got to the points where it was focusing on Nick's soccer career and other stuff, I was kind of like mad because I wanted to get back to the love story. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I get it. He's good at soccer. Can we go back? That's please? how you know. <laughs> starting to be a rom-com person. Yeah, Yeah, most of what you said is like pretty true to a lot of YA (laughs) rom-coms so I feel like you're bought in now I know yeah she's gonna send me a list after all this just like hey here's the ones (laughs) that hit (laughs) this is your new reading list start on it give you a summer reading list like high school oh god and then what are uh anything I missed Jenna was there anything that you felt you know popped out for you as well uh I don't think so that was I mean you covered a lot it's uh It, yeah, Elizabeth, like you said, it has a lot of what someone might be looking for in a YA rom-com. You've got uh, the main trope with either the sibling's best friend or the best friend's sibling, like kind of two sides of that coin. You've got the picnic, you've got study dates, you've got <laughs> the trying to sneak around. It's very fun. Yeah, like you said, the uh, flashing back to kind of first crushes, even later on in life, like s- starting those relationships and the early stages in a relationship, it's just so fun. And when it's all innocent, it's just, it's really refreshing and sweet is just yeah. the word I would think of for that. And yeah, it was just, it was really cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think what I also appreciate is, is, as I said, I hated when we left those parts, but the fact that then also a lot of the book was dealing with Nick as his growth as a person, um, you know, learning kind of social norms of things, not to say what, uh, you know, where to not cross a line. Uh, when you put those in the book, uh, I kind of discussed this in our last check-in, they felt natural. It didn't okay. feel like, it didn't feel like it was a point that needed to be brought up like a check mark. Because uh, I feel like in some books, if someone tries to bring up something as a lesson, sometimes it feels like they do interject a lesson into their book. This felt like it was 2020. It's today how people talk. It flowed. And, and even if there was something that maybe I didn't know, it stuck with me. And it, it stuck with me in a way where I didn't have to be pulled out of the book. I just kept going with the story. But okay. there, there was something to be learned. And so I really appreciated that because I feel like for for people like me who feel like they don't want to read a rom-com because I'm a guy and we had this discussion a few episodes back that it's okay to like what you like it's okay to do what you do and just accepting that and not worrying about what other people think but still being aware of how to treat others this book really hits the nail on it and especially with some of the lessons we learn and sort of later in the story and I think that's what kind of made it that cemented it as a favorite of mine now for for YA is just like I said, I, I read mainly action, fantasy, sci-fi stuff. I don't branch out much. And so I keep trying to so- convince convince him that action adventure is a movie genre, not, <laughs> not a book genre. That was my first thought too. I was like, action books. Hold on. <laughs> and well, yet. So, sort of the sort of the big just, you know, the, the the if I read a YA story, it's that stuff that's probably it's got a movie adaptation or you know crap okay. like that and, and so it's the I, twilights I, and hunger games of the world yeah 
Yeah. And so, uh, I don't, I don't like to branch out what, what's my comfort zone. And so this helped more with that, like romance book club did. And I think in a way more where I just attached to it more. Cause this was high school. Yeah. We're not far off from high school. <laughs> so I just, I feel like I'm, I'm still there. <laughs> that a little was the bit. Thing <laughs> in the check-in episode when he was talking kind of like he kind of summed up, uh, a little bit ago where he was like, yeah, I was flashing back to high school and it was wild. And I was like, I would like everyone to be aware. This was not like 30 years ago. We graduated high school about five or six years ago. Yeah. Six for you, I think seven for me. But yeah, it's like it, it's not out of the realm of possibility no, no, for no. us to be flashing back to high school. Well, right. And then, and then even, okay, even in college, then still the school scenery. Like, even then there was people who still acted like they were in high school, you know, not kind of not growing up. And so it was like, I still felt like it was just I mean, I yesterday, still know some, some of these people things. that act like they're in high school, if I'm being <laughs> honest. But it was, it was very, like I said, just to kind of wrap up the overall, because what we want to do is kind of do a sort of condensed version of our normal episode for this first half and then we want to get into asking you questions and so uh so for overall do we enjoy it i'd say yeah it i'm kind of just trying to summarize the best i can is that you created a believable world in a modern day that reflected how people need to learn to be better in a way that told a cute story that also told an important story of growth of a young man who had some toxic masculinity traits as well as even with some of his friends and stuff like that. And so I feel like it could, and the fact that it was his point of view, I feel like could branch out to more male readers. You you would think when you see a rom-com or something that looks like this, you know, it's even when I kind of looked at it in the Barnes and Noble shelves, even though it's alphabetical order, everything surrounding were these bright colors, these, you know, cute couple pictures on the front, I would have avoided that section entirely, like in my old reading habits. I would have gotten to that corner and been like, mm, we're going to go over here. It's almost <laughs> like that is the point of the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so the way that it focuses on him, I feel like could really branch out to young male readers who need to get out of that comfort zone, who need to get out of that mental thought of I need to be a man's man and not I need to be the tough guy. I need to be, I need to be the Nick McGuire, old Nick McGuire. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, I was really happy with this read. Very surprised with how sucked in I got in the beginning and then just was really happy by the end of it. Do we want to yeah. use that as a segue? Um, so another thing that we always do is we discuss our favorite character, our favorite yeah. scene and our favorite quote. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. so Dana, if you want to start us off and then I can go and then Elizabeth, if you want to be thinking about it, we would love to hear your answers as well. All right. Yeah. I think I'm good. Okay. Um, I was going to so... say, you don't probably have to think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and if, if, I'd say also feel free to interject after we say what ours are. Um, for me, favorite scene, it's definitely going to be a Nick and Elizabeth moment. Uh oh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Uh, Fire. A lot of people do that. And I have to um, tell them that I wrote it when I was in high school and I was Lizzie. So it's like, not me. <laughs> right, right. Sure. But um, yeah, I get that question sometimes. So <laughs> I think it would have to be the first moment that was kind of a the forward moving of the relationship, uh, the beach party. when The beach party they, was super cute. When they were alone by the water. Like as much as the relationship grows later on, that for me was the the mic drop 
pinpoint of just Nick was like, oh, crap, what am I getting into? But it was just so natural. It was so cute because I did like the Guitar Hero Night. But when it did that, I was like, ooh. It was like, there it is. I was like, there's That the was one that I related to, again, a little bit too much. <laughs> so I, I have two older brothers who are quite a bit older than I am. They're six and seven years older. And so it was the thing. I was like, I want to hang out with you guys. You guys are the cool adults. And I want to hang out with you and your friends. And so a lot of it turned into me playing Guitar Hero or watching them play Portal or whatever. Right. And so I had... A few Guitar Hero dates. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, would you the, say Nick is your favorite character then? I, I'd have to say just because he's our main guy. Because I, I, It's I, hard not to root for the hero. Right. And so I would say it had to be Nick. Also Eliza just because whenever she came in it was she stole the show. Because his focus went to her. So our focus went to her. And it was like... Uh, it was like we had the crush on her. And so it was just it was that way how it was done. And so uh, her Did coming into the picture. Did you get a crush on a fictionary character? I, 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 I am in love with Eliza. <laughs> Do you have so, your first book girlfriend? I have, I have a lot of book boyfriends, so you're totally <laughs> fine. That's a big moment in your life. <laughs> it's it's big, yeah. At, at 25 years old, it had to finally happen. Um, <laughs> and so uh, it has to be Nick just because his growth and the fact of just following him because like I said what I liked was that it wasn't the stereotypical she comes back and all of a sudden he likes her like you got the feeling that he always had that crush but all of a sudden it was her coming back and unlocked it and so it was seeing that innocence of him realizing like I'm crossing a line I shouldn't do this and it was just (laughs) like just watching that innocent side of him as opposed to the you know the tough guy facade he would play all the time, I was just like, "There's a there's a good guy under there. There's a there's a softy under there, and I want to see more of the softy." And so, fun for that. And then yeah, and the beach scene was one where uh, it got to play on that more. So the the beach party when they went in the water that was that was the cutest moment for me. And did you write down a favorite quote? My favorite quotes for me were kind of all the insults to all the guys they fought with. So this is a cop out because he never writes down a favorite quote ever. No, but this one I I love because I laughed so hard at this comeback. It was when they were starting the big soccer game, and there's the the douche Ben, and he and he he says to you know Carter, how's how's the nose? Because he had hit him. And then Carter responds, how is yours? I'd imagine everything smells terrible considering all the asses it's been up today. And it was just, it was so fast. Checks out that would be your favorite. It, it was so <laughs> quick of a comeback that I just started dying on the couch. I had yeah, to take a Yeah, those are the comebacks moment. you think of in the shower like three right, days later. Right, <laughs> So I, it hit me so hard that I was like, oh, I would not have been that witty right then and there. And so I just, I had to reread it a couple of times before I could move forward. Um, I was like, I was like, that's it. Carter's got my vote for second. <laughs> what about you, Jenna? Uh, so my favorite character was definitely Eliza. I liked the guys. I was never the one to like hang out with the bros bros, you know? <laughs> and so I liked kind of watching Eliza be in that world, but kind of on the outskirts of it and not being afraid to call them out on their bullshit honestly, uh, which leads into my scene and my quote. Uh, my favorite scene was definitely the pool scene at the school. Close second would be the picnic just because it was very awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the pool scene at the school, I think, because you get a fun mix of 
it's definitely that like rom-com moment where they're like he pulls her into the water and they're playing and he has her up on his shoulders and it's just like it's all of the things that you would expect to see in that scene but at the same time I like that the characters aren't afraid to have real life and important conversations and that they can have those with each other uh and so my favorite quote was when Eliza was talking to him about the boys will be boys mentality uh and she was saying bros before hoes feeds into that and it here we go reading is so hard right now y'all <laughs> I'm so tired uh bros before hoes feeds into that and it makes guys act in a way that's actually super scary for me the point is bros before hoes perpetuates a world where shit like that happens and talking about just really inappropriate behavior leading into sexual assault like all of those things and so i just i really liked that that was a conversation that i wish more people had in real life uh, <laughs> and that people were felt like they were able to say to each other and to people that they cared about and so i i liked that scene a lot Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's not like often the authors get to talk to readers like in a setting like this. Um, And especially when like the readers are on exactly the same page as the authors, like you guys are interpreting the book like exactly how I intended it to, um, which is just so cool um, as an author. My favorite character, it is went back and forth while I was writing it, but overall, it is Madison. Um, I liked her a lot. mm -hmm. Yeah. I like all of them, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just thought Madison was, like, the most badass and the most, like, sure of herself, and I, my interpretation of her um, was that she was kind of, like, the bad girl, but she wasn't, like, just mean. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of YA books have that character. They're usually blonde. The Regina um, George. The, yeah, the Regina yeah. George. Every time we have a Regina George mention. That's because there's always one, Dana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says that like I bring it up so that we're always talking about mean girls. No, it's, there's always a Regina George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to keep Madison like kind of more leveled or explain like at least why she was like that. Um, so I liked her. And then my favorite scene, I was going to say the beach scene, so now I have to pick another one. <laughs> oh, no. Because um, that's also my favorite scene. Um, I really like that you guys haven't already mentioned. I like the, the scene at the end um, when they're in the pool party. Yeah. And it's like the end of school. That was just really fun to write and have like all the characters come together. But I also loved writing the beach scene because I got to play up the romance and the cuteness and the moment when they finally might step over the line and all the readers can like say the ship has sailed (laughs) (laughs) and um I liked writing the first pool scene too for the reasons that you mentioned um where it was balancing this cute rom-com moment with something more serious um which is what I was hoping to do with the book is just kind of make it this rom-com that could also examine more serious topics through satire so I'm glad you guys picked out those scenes I loved those scenes too (laughs) and do you have a favorite maybe not exact quote off the top of your head but like a line or something yes I forget I I think it's in one of the lot I think it's the chapter where they take their um AP bio test and Nick and Carter like sitting down I don't know if we're allowed to say spoilers in this (laughs) yeah we're not gonna like discuss them in depth but go for it 
Okay, Nick and Nick and Carter are talking, and Nick is like excited that they can have that moment, and he says, "Pizza is the great equalizer." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get on the same page. That's my yeah. favorite line. <laughs> and I just want to say, jumping in, talking about Madison. Another part that I wrote down, I didn't write down the exact quote, but later on in the book, when Nick is kind of having these moments of thinking about all of the people in his life through this different lens, uh, and he's kind of taking a look at Madison and is saying, like, all of these things that she is completely vilified for, if it was me or if it was Carter, like, those would be things that would make us cool, and those would be things that would make us popular. And it's only because she is female and doesn't want a relationship and wants to just kind of fool around with friends and, like, all these things. Things that would be normal for a boy our age are the only reasons that people don't like her. So I like that a lot, too. One thing that comes up in why a lot, especially on Wattpad, I don't know how how familiar you guys are with that platform, um, is, like, the bad boy concept, um, which I guess Nick and Carter, like, kind of are. um, And you have to think about, like, why they're the bad boys, um, where mostly they just have a lot of girlfriends, um, tell a lot of, like, raunchy jokes. And then Madison would be, like, the bad girl character, but it's like taken completely differently um whereas people actually think of her as like bad whereas the bad boys they kind of just say like oh like they're boys like they're rebellious they're kind of it's cool. like a type of boy that girls look for right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah thank you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah like i said earlier it's just you so many of those those common issues that you know i, I would say probably Back in the time we were kids, you know, it's considered the norm. Boys would be boys and all of that. And then as we've grown older now in this generation, it's what needs to be discussed. And still sometimes you find people not discussing it. And I feel like almost every issue you hit and just naturally, it just, it wasn't, it it flowed in a way where it wasn't me trying to teach. It wasn't you trying to teach a lesson. It was you trying to just inform and have us walk away with something. And it was, it was really well done and that they, they all hit me and I was like, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One of the cool things about writing this um, was I had first written it when I was in high school in 2012, and it was just like a straight rom-com. The only premise of the book was that bros can't date each other's sisters, so like that was the whole story. And then last year, my publishers had asked me like, hey, do you want to publish this and make it into a real book? like yeah of course um but they're like hey we need you to update this for 2020 Mm -hmm. um because so much had happened in those eight years in the terms of toxic masculinity and pro culture and the me too movement um and then like i had finished high school college and could look at it more critically but what was really helpful was the structure of it um with each chapter was about a rule or about some kind of like cultural thing that they could then break um, so it was really easy to put in those little moments because the structure had already lent itself to that. And then it was also nice to um, be able to point out like how much had changed from 2012 and the interpretation of, oh, what is bro culture? Um, and having it be like a funny thing into the like, hey, maybe let's maybe let's look at this um, instead of yeah, it maybe just this being is something funny. we should question. Mm-hmm. but yeah. it could still be funny so <laughs> it's a good time to write it <laughs> for sure yeah very topical Which, 
which is why I also liked uh, at the end not going to go into the spoiler but the updated list as the last thing to see in the book. <laughs> I, 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 I just laughed reading that I was like uh, I was like good points <laughs> <laughs> do we have any other general discussion like final thoughts before we move on to more of the question side uh, I think I think that's about we hit kind of all our big points in story and scenes and all that so yeah we can get into more of the interview side okay I'm going to go ahead and take over because I made lots of notes on this part. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> I know. Get ready. She just, just has like the list. Job <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured me as a cartoon character where they always like unroll the thing oh, that goes all the way through the town. <laughs> not that bad. I promise. Um, so the first thing, and you do not have to answer this one if you don't want to. I know. Uh, so this is about the dedication. And I know that that can be very personal for a lot of people. So feel free to just like pass on this one. But I was very curious about when it said for giraffes. <laughs> is that... I'm actually thinking about what the dedication said. Hold on. <laughs> I can read it if you want me to. No, I have a, I have a very accessible copy. Um, <laughs> Oh, yes. All right. I just love giraffes. So I had to go hard there. Um, I don't know. This is my first book that I published. So I was like, I have to go hard on this dedication. I don't want to leave any, anyone out. Um, so yeah, I had to put in giraffes. It's like, um, so when we were in high school, we did theater together. And there was this big joke that whoever got a Tony first or an Oscar or whatever, they would have to thank the Ghostlighters Club or the ghostwriters, <laughs> so that it would be all of us and we would know. So I definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah, I had to put in like all my family people too with all their, those are all the initials. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no one would feel left out. I liked, I don't remember the name, but I liked the one that was like, you really didn't want to shout out, but here it is anyway. <laughs> oh, Kevin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, the only other one before we get into the ones more about the book specifically. So I was looking at your about the author section and there were just so many jobs listed, like in addition to author and there was lifeguard, waitress, finance reporter, marketer, and aspiring superhero, Hmm. Uh, (laughs) which that last one I loved. But I was a little (laughs) bit curious about the finance reporter and the marketer and kind of wondering if any or all or whatever combination of those jobs kind of informed your writing process, uh, what kind of writing you were doing, anything like that. Oh, I love that question. Um, it's like secretly very deep. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I put all of these in there, mostly for the readers, just in case any of them had similar backgrounds to me. Um, and like, I've kind of been all over the place, like I've done waitressing and nine to five, which some people don't get to do both of those. So I wanted mostly just to connect to the readers, but in terms of if they informed the book, definitely yes. Let me think about how. (laughs) I'll just go in the beginning. So (laughs) barbecue loving waitress. Um, Yes, a lot of the inside jokes in this are about like barbecue um, and just about like observations about people, um, which I got to do a lot of as a waitress. And I actually asked people questions about like brodom <laughs> or bro culture um, when I was a waitress. If people would like want to have more fun with like their server or ask like, what do you do besides serving? There are a lot of like 
random people at the restaurant. It was really cool. Um, so people would ask me like what I would do and I was like, oh, I'm writing a book. And then it would turn into a thing where I could ask them questions. <laughs> um, so I asked them questions about like what, some, sometimes I get high school high schoolers. Um, so I'd be like, how are high school parties different now than they were like five years ago? <laughs> um, and one person had told me that they, the best ones like always have a tradition. And I was like, that's cool. I should put a tradition in my party. Um, so With that's where I got the idea for I the hats. that a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that specifically from being a waitress. So that was fun. And then probably similarly with just being a reporter and a marketer, it's just looking at um, like what questions to ask, not overtly and have a piece kind of examine it and then also frame it in a way that's still accessible. Um, so I knew that I wanted to talk about toxic masculinity in the update, but I also knew I wanted it to be a rom-com and I didn't want it to like slam people's heads. So having that background as a reporter or a marketer, like I can do the research, um, I could pull quotes from people and just insert those into the story, which is kind of fun. So yeah, definitely the having a combination of all of those backgrounds like definitely made the story what it was. Interesting. And so that kind of segues into another one that I have here with what was your experience with bro culture? Like before writing the book, during, maybe after? All right. Um, <laughs> we got to sit back for this one. This is a big yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I have to think. <laughs> um, before the book, my experience was a lot like Nick and Austin's, I guess, in the sense that I wasn't really aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was in high school I was writing it I was surrounded by bros I thought they were funny and cool and everything (laughs) so I thought that would just be like a interesting popular thing to write about and then as I went through college and right after I graduated I was like specifically got to see how it could escalate into toxicity um like especially in college where I think you mentioned you see like those bros that are like definitely still from high school um but now they're in college and there are hordes and hordes of them um and they can still be funny and lovable and I definitely don't mean to hate or cancel bros or anything (laughs) um but there is also like a point where the mindset of um banding together and especially bros before hoes can get like very dangerous so like I saw that I saw like some of my friends experience some of those like dangerous sides or I would just see like through the media, especially when like the Me Too movement came out and I would like, mm-hmm. really question like the guys in my life um, or the guys that I've seen on TV. So I didn't have like a direct experience with bros like after college, um, but I could definitely see that shift. Okay. Interesting. That answers that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Basically, whatever you say is will answer the question. That's your answer. <laughs> I tend to ramble, so I don't know if I like, come back to this. To the definitely don't do that at all. Specifically, <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. We both do that. All the time. It, it, it's uh, okay. I, 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 I accept <laughs> it. I fully accept it for a lot of stuff. My quick, here, here's one for an example. <laughs> literally, literally, just, just the, the other day, day uh, my father at dinner mentioned to me because he he sometimes misses if i'm telling a story he'll be in his phone or something and he'll miss an important part he asked me to go back 
And I go back to the very beginning. He goes, you don't have to go back to the very beginning to tell a story <laughs> again. I go, no, but you specifically, if I just try to go back a little bit, you say, no, wait, back more, back more. Back. And I end up at the beginning anyway. So for him, I make that exception. But I do realize that when I have to tell a story, I, I, I give like 10 years of backstory before I get to the point. <laughs> so it's, it's a problem. I mean, it's a good, good skill for podcasters. I think you found your calling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Cross your fingers for us. Now we're just going to work on him reading multiple books in a month and we will be set. I, I, it's not like it never happened. It has been years. I got really behind on myself. <laughs> good that you're self-aware of this. <laughs> right. And then before I get into more of the kind of back into the story one specifically as a reader or someone who's writing rom-coms or you know whatever do you have a favorite rom-com trope um well before when i was a reader before i started writing um i was definitely partial to the best friend's sister mm -hmm. um but i hadn't seen it done from the male side so that's one of the reasons for the bro code um but then also um, enemies to lovers is fun just it's because so there's fun. so much tension. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like just that like, one opens up for a lot of uh, sassy banter too, mm -hmm. which is very good. And it just gives you like an automatic structure for the book. It's like, you know how they're going to start up, you know how they're going to end. And readers love knowing that <laughs> and seeing the journey for how you get there. Um, so enemies to lovers. And then my third one is fake dating. Um, which also kind of gives you structure but um yeah there are some books that have fake dating and enemies to lovers and i'm not sure if there's one that also has a friend sibling but yeah i love i love when books combine them sure. it's really fun <laughs> did you ever date a best friend's sibling or a sibling's friend i did not <laughs> i didn't really I don't know. I'm trying to think if this was inspired by me wanting to, but I don't think so. <laughs> Subconsciously. As soon as you said enemies to lovers, I was like, oh yeah, that, that, that I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say that that was first girlfriend ever, 12 years old, sixth grade. It was an enemies to lovers situation. Oh, <laughs> so, it was, it was really funny. I, I didn't realize that we, it, it was because I annoyed her in fifth grade. We were in the same class. I annoyed the hell out of her, apparently, because my rambling. And you wore then, her down. And, yeah, and, the, and then sixth grade, it was just enough rambling to seem cute, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and so I guess that kind of answers the next question as well. Were any characters loosely or uh, take inspiration, maybe, yes. based off of <laughs> real people in your life? Um, yes, like, my, it wasn't really based off of, like, my experience, um, but definitely people like use experience um so yeah so I was writing this when I was in high school and I would have like guys on the soccer team like sitting next to me and they're just like oh like Lizzie's so quiet like she's not gonna spread any gossip so they would just like spill all the tea <laughs> and I would just be sitting there next to them <laughs> I was never that kid because I was far too dramatic. They were like, oh my God, don't tell her anything. <laughs> I wouldn't spread yeah. it. I would just be very shocked. <laughs> yeah, people told me like everything and then they didn't even know that I was a writer. So I would just, I would never put their names in, but if they were to read this, I think they would see themselves in it. <laughs> and a specific character, Nick's dad uh, for... Anyone listening who hasn't read it, uh, the 
male lead Nick, his dad is a former almost professional soccer star and is kind of, for another, not really trope, but thing that you see in books a lot, uh, is kind of living vicariously through his son and is waking him up super early for these soccer workouts and, you know, all of these things. Hard Was ass. that... What? <laughs> my parents Hard were ass. not like that. <laughs> but some of my friends' parents were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did sports in high school, just like, not soccer. Um, but I would see some of the parents of people that I knew, like, get more into it than the kids. Um, so I was partially inspired by some of the parents that I just saw. <laughs> Sure. Like, and it, you can see how hard it was for the kids, too. Yeah. I'd actually originally written um, Nick's dad is completely different in this version than the first draft I wrote, um, which is still on Wattpad for anyone who wants to read it, but please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nick's dad had cancer, and that was like Nick's big struggle with the story. Um, but I didn't want it to be one of those writers who used cancer as a plot point. Um, even though a lot of people do it really well, I didn't think that I could have. So I was like, I need to change this. Um, it's got to be tough, for sure. Yeah, and I didn't personally have any experience with it. So I was just like, I'm not writing this anymore. But I wanted Nick to still have that struggle with his dad. Um, so I was thinking, like, a, an internal struggle between, like, kids and parents is, like, very relevant for high schoolers. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'll just put that in. That's great. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it was very... Um, like intentional to put that in interesting and then um i'm going out of order on my list here and so i'm like which ones have i not <laughs> done already dare you um i know i'm sorry some of them just segued so well dana uh, <laughs> i don't know why i turned into alexis rose there Ew, david um <laughs> so dana had mentioned it earlier what made you exactly want to write it from the male perspective? I feel like it's not, I don't want to say rare, but it's not as often that you see a rom-com only from the male perspective. Maybe it'll be like switching off between the two leads or something like that. And especially I feel like rom-coms written by female authors. Yeah, originally um, it was for the sole shallow purpose of just not wanting to be cliche. Where I was like, I'm writing cliche tropes. So the only thing I can do is write from a male perspective and it'll be new and fresh. <laughs> um, so that was like the first thing. But then as I was editing it, um, I was thinking like, should I put in more of Eliza? Um, should it really be Nick? And I thought that giving it through Nick and like telling the bro code through the eyes of the bro would be able to give more of those like recognizing the system that you're in moments the kind of um, moments yeah yeah whereas like telling it from a girl's point of view might have been more preachy I don't know if it would have been but um yeah telling it from a boy's perspective was something I felt like I could pull off um and it was a good opportunity for the story interesting I hope and I then... succeeded <laughs> uh, and... I, I, I... I would say, yeah, because I think, I think if the book had been from Eliza's perspective, when Nick got to his, you know, self-realization, we wouldn't have felt it. He, it would have been just a scene where he comes to her and says that he realized. And there it wouldn't would, have been as much of an arc. There wouldn't have been weight to it. And so I think the fact that we see it, because even the kind of already seed that you plant with Carter, you know, always 
calling out Austin. Like every time Austin makes makes puts his toe over the line, Austin's like buy us pizza. Like I, I loved that because it was just like one guy in the group at least taking charge and accounting for any of them doing something, and Nick kind of in the middle of that. So to watch Nick then get out of the middle and a little more to that right side. Um, yeah, it, it works to watch through his perspective. And, I, and yeah, I, I, I forgot reading it that I was like, because as we were saying, it was, like, it was normally it would be from the female's perspective. I was like, yeah, a female wrote the male here, and I fully believe this is a guy I would have hung out with or known during high school. Like, it, it hit the nail on the I head. I can think of a few people we hung out with during high school. Yes. <laughs> and then the last, like, main big question that I had was with the ending, again, without going majorly into spoilers on our part in the ending with that epilogue at the pool party we do kind of see our main three bro characters passing the torch on to the next generation is that something that you did to leave it open for a possible sequel if people ended up responding to the book or anything like that is it a story you would want to keep writing Um, I don't currently have plans for a sequel, but I will not say never. Um, no, I kind of did it that way. He has to leave leave room for interpretation, um, and have people see that the bro code isn't stopping just because people have this realization about themselves. Um, like life goes on, society goes on and it reiterates. So that was my intention with that if people really want a sequel, like if this becomes like a bestseller and there's demands, like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dana's already starting a petition, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to see the college lives of Nick and Eliza. That's what I would be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you want that long distance relationship. A fun That's struggle to read about. <laughs> too much. Oh, I had a long distance relationship for too long. I don't know that I can read too many more of those. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard to write. Yeah. All right, Dana, did you have any other questions that I didn't cover? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think one that I, I, I would like to ask for as an author, for, for you in writing, for anyone who is an aspiring writer, for anyone who wants to be in your position and have something published or at least on a platform, uh, what is any advice or a rule or something that you would pass on to anyone listening that wants to, wants to be published or writing? It's actually something that a lot of writers say that I didn't realize why it was true, so I'll explain why it's true, Um, which is write every day and read every day. And the reason for writing every day is it's kind of like if you're an athlete, like if you're a runner, um, you run four miles, five miles a day, like great for you. But then if you take two weeks off and you try to start running again, it's going to be really hard. And it's the same with writing. Like you don't want the rust to get on your fingers metaphorically um and it just gets easier and easier the more you write every day you can build up that endurance and stamina so that's important and then reading every day is important um it doesn't really matter what you read as long as you read books that you like or you think might be good for you um and actually it's good to read books across multiple genres um and authors of different backgrounds And that's because when you read, your brain just implicitly picks up on little craft techniques. Um, You learn new words, you learn new ways to structure sentences um, without even realizing it. So that will show up in your writing and it will make your writing look that much better. So I tell them to do that. And with writing every day, would you say it necessarily matters what you're writing? Would it be 
writing a short story every day? Would it be journaling? Uh, I don't think so. If you're in the middle of writing a book, I would urge you to continue writing that just because your brain will like know which piece goes where. Um, and it's hard if you forget that. But if you're just writing, because I told you to write every day, like doesn't really matter. <laughs> just like don't let those, um, don't let the rust go on. It's kind of like going out for a jog. Awesome. Well, do you have any other thoughts? Do you have any favorite stories from when you were writing the book or anything else you want to talk about? Um, hmm. Not sure about writing. Oh, okay. I'll just tell you some little anecdotes from the book, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I had to lean on my friends a lot for all of the sports and video game references. Um, so like one of my friends plays basketball. So I had to like have him read the basketball scene. And I was like, am I using the terminology right? Is it like actually half court? Do people say it? Do people say half court or they say something else? Do these words make sense in this order? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> um, and even like with the soccer, there are just little things that I thought were right. Um, I forget what it was I think it was like do people say or I had written in that there's like overtime in the world cup and then my friend was like no it's called something else and so whatever I put in the book that's the right one but it's not overtime (laughs) um so I learned stuff like that sure I'm not a sports person so I would not have known (laughs) got me fooled no I think I I really appreciate that because like there were there were so many just kind of like I don't know lack of a better word, like nerdism moments where he made references of movies or games or something that were just so off the cuff and simple that at, at points I was like, I'm Nick, because I know all these things. And I'm just like, I was like, I, I know these things. But a lot of it, even though if I never personally uh, experienced it myself, like I knew of it, like like the Fortnite references, they were like, I thought I was like, well, I've never touched it. I was like, but I would believe that this is how a guy is right. <laughs> and so, because because all my coworkers did and they did nothing but talk about it. So it was, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I loved all of those because it was just like, I, I love a little Easter egg or teaser of something that, that I enjoy. Like in one of our previous reads, there was an X-Men reference and I was like, yay. And Jen, Jen rolled her eyes and I was just like, yay. I did yay. because you chose that book because you were hoping it would be X-Men. <laughs> I did. I my cat is taking a bath right here and it's killing me because it, it keeps like catching my eye on the screen. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> just cover the cat. Oh no, I want to <laughs> see the cat. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, yeah, well done. I, I loved all those little pieces because it made it made it more uh, believable. And I, it did and, feel very teenage. Yeah. Which and is fun. We, yeah. We, I remember with my, my bros, we, we would, we'd have, we'd talk like that randomly where it's like, we'd make an inside joke about a video game or a TV show that only we were watching or playing or something like mm. that. So it was just very For natural. Me it was weird Broadway references that nobody understood except Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no one else. Every once in a while, our drama teacher would be like, you said that for nobody's benefit. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> one thing I wish I had put in, actually, which one of my friends told me that after, um, was to, like, build up the school mascot more. Mm-hmm. Where I had mentioned in the first chapter, like, who go owls to, like, break the tension. And I like, wish I had carried that through the story. Because um, I was just thinking about my experiences, and I was like, yeah, people reference the mascot all the time. <laughs> 
wish that had been played out more. People did that as much at our school, like just yelling go Jags when things were weird. The mascot was weirdly present though. Like the the mascot itself, like the costume, would mm-hmm. people would randomly be in it all the time. Outside of assemblies and games, they would just like Jake the Jaguar would be wandering around the school. I, I would I remember I would that say- being weird. I would say for junior high and high school, my experience with the mascot was everyone had just the biggest gripe about who was in it because it was always made as a mystery. So maybe it could have been funny if maybe someone someone in the crowd was secretly the owl and we never knew until the end or something. <laughs> but but right. that, was always, that was always the joke is because, you know, uh, our, my junior high was Glacier View. And we're like, okay, how is a glacier a mascot? So the mascot was the Yeti. And then one day the Yeti came in and did all these backflips. And we're like, who the hell in class can do backflips? And we're trying to see who's not, who's not in the crowd. And we're trying to figure it out. And so the, the fun of it was, who, who wants to be sweaty in the suit all day? Ours was the tie. And so we had like a big totem pole in our cafeteria. And I don't think I ever saw the uh, mascot costume. Like maybe twice. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I was the dork from the dance team in the theater department like i always knew who was in the, was in the mascot costume i know <laughs> all right so... well anything else before we start signing off um well thank you guys so much this was really fun absolutely do you have anything you'd like to plug any uh social media oh, anything you're working on? Yeah. there you go that's the section <laughs> um all my social media is pretty much lizzie a siebert um I have a newsletter, which is on my website, which is elizabethsieber.com. And um, if you're going to join anything, join that because you get giveaways and the most exclusive stuff from the newsletter. But if you want to just like randomly stalk me, it's Lizzie A. Siebert. Um, I tell jokes sometimes. I have my cats on there. So <laughs> have at it. <laughs> and I will link all of that in the show notes as well. So awesome. that would be Thank down you. there if you want to give her a follow. And then let me pull up my spiel here. It is lengthy. You can email us for the podcast anytime at the same page pod at gmail.com. If you have any books you think we should read for the podcast, any questions, collaboration requests, maybe if you have read one of our upcoming books once we announce them and you want to be a part of that conversation, send us an email. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussions with us. If you want to reach out to me specifically, you can find my blog at tacklingtbr.home.blog or over on Instagram at tackling underscore TBR. Once Dana has some sort of social media, his will go here. Uh, (laughs) Don't give me that look. There is a placeholder Instagram for the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then as for the podcast, you can find and connect with us on Instagram at the same page podcast on Twitter at the same page pod. And you can find us on both Facebook and YouTube just by searching for the same page podcast. And then the last thing, as always, that I will say is if you are listening to our show and you like what you hear, maybe you want us to do more author interviews, get more episodes like this. uh, Please consider heading to Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you're listening to the show and subscribing, giving us a positive rating, and leaving your thoughts in a review. It takes only a minute or two, and it means the world to small shows like us, helping us get introduced to more bookish folks. 
And I guess I will quickly go. I think I realized I came up with one more quick little question for you, Elizabeth, <laughs> is because for because we know that Wattpad is where you kind of publish a lot of your stuff. It's a you know, public forum for writers to put their stuff. Uh, but Brocode got lucky enough to be, you know, come in full format. Is there anything we should keep an eye out for? Is there anything else coming down the road soon? Or are you working on anything? Oh, for me? Um, yes, I'm actually kind of taking my stuff in different places from Wattpad too. Um, but I think my next book is going to be called No Capes. That one it is on Wattpad if you want to read the first draft, but the update's going to be like completely different like the update for the bro code was. Um, mm -hmm. But that book is about superheroes. It's a YA so. adventure romance. So <laughs> yeah, both of them in there. <laughs> I was going to say he, he has already now pre-ordered it, I'm sure. <laughs> Jenna's head immediately was going side to side. I'm like, goal. Because <laughs> I knew that you were immediately going to. Yeah, I'll let you guys know what happens with that for sure. <laughs> awesome. Now I'm, I am much more aesthetic now before my work shift. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any absolute final thoughts before I sign us off? Dana? I I, I think Nothing. that's it. That, that, was, that was the only important question that came up in the second. I was like, wait, is there going to be more? <laughs> so, um, All right. Uh, so for anyone listening, don't forget, this is going up on the 30th as usual, but this is going to be the last episode on that format. After that, it's going to be every Friday. Woot. <laughs> All right. And Do you want to sign us off? Want... That's your job. No, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and then uh, I just say, uh, well, thank you, Elizabeth, for coming onto the same page. It was a pleasure to get to know you and a pleasure to ask you about the bro code. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to meet you guys. You too. All right. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.